Um, uh, I will tell you that every time I've went to Cincinnati, there's always been something goofy or weird that's happened to me. It's true. But you came up one time and we went to the zoo. Uh huh. Remember that? And then you came up another time when we just played basketball. Like we just like yeah. shot horse and like talked. One time we got lost and went into a Kroger and everybody oh, stared yeah. at us. <laughs> it was like snowy and freezing. And then uh, <laughs> it's because Jessica's diet, she needed like something <laughs> non gluten. And so there was nothing but like A and W and stuff downtown. So I went into a Kroger to get her food. And I was like, do you have any like gluten free sandwiches or anything? And they're like, <laughs> what are you doing in here? Man? <laughs> I was like, I, I made a huge mistake. I'll be leaving now. <laughs> you gotta be careful which Kroger you, you go into. It, you can have, I, end up in the wrong one sometimes. I have realized this about myself my entire life. I have had an aversion to big cities and I think mm-hmm. I just will never. I remember that like too because we had a meeting one time in Louisville. You remember this? And yeah. you're like, how fast can we get out of here? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like traffic was crazy and oh man. Oh, I don't like Louisville. I, I like I just have a I just have an issue with big cities because mm-hmm. there's a lot of reasons. But uh every time that I'm like, yeah, let's go to like do something downtown or whatever, because mm-hmm. like you know, the big complaint about couples like you don't have anything to do in a rural area, so you want to go to like a big city. But then you get there and you're like, man, this was more of a stressful headache than <laughs> it was. It just worth. depends. Sometimes sometimes it goes good. Sometimes it doesn't. It's kind of like roll the dice All right. sort of Cl- thing for us. Both so- of you guys, close your eyes. You're in a big city. You're driving, <laughs> uh-huh. okay? On my way to a red concert. You gotcha. have you have, th- you have three blocks until your destination on the left. Yep. Open your eyes. Uh-oh, you've realized you're on a one-way street, but it's three lanes long. Yeah. You didn't realize that, but you can't You can't turn get over. Left. No one's going to let you over. So then- you got to like just m- learn how to make your way over, despite what the opinions of other people are <laughs> it's <laughs> your turn to go. So you finally, so you finally get over one street too late and you think uh-huh. I'm going to turn left onto this next street. Guess what? It's a one way street only going right. Yeah. You turn yeah, left you onto s- a right way uh, going street, not realizing it. And you almost uh, head on collision, another car. So you go up on the sidewalk and you park. Then a cop pulls up and he says, what are you doing here, buddy? I'm like, sir, obviously I'm in the wrong part of town. <laughs> I can completely understand why people would just take Ubers. Date everywhere. over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So sweet. Uh, are you ready to start? Yeah. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Let's go for it. I'm Zach. And I'm Bob. And I'm not Colin. And I'm Zach. And Colin is not here. But he is. <laughs> And welcome, welcome to, to the Houseplants Podcast. That's what we're going with, huh? Sure. We're here to talk about <laughs> music, media, and that mission, mission of Jesus. Jesus. And much more. Lots of stuff. I, before Zach said, I'm Zach, I wanted to say, I'm Zach to try and trick you. And then I just was like, whatever, I'm still I going I would have been it. really confused. <laughs> I was, ex- was, was going to go, mm, I'm still going for it. I'll say I'm Bob instead. Um, so, yeah. Um, if you are just tuning in and listening, you have just heard the live stream of our 100th episode, episode which is awesome. And um, as you're catching up to the end of this year, we are getting caught up to the end of this year as well. Uh, one of the things that is a regret of me and Zach's is that um, we often don't mm-hmm. have enough time to do all the Christmas songs that we love. It's true. Oh, yeah. You get like what? Maybe four christmas services that's if you're like involved in a worship team or something Mm -hmm. imagine imagine you have four christmas services Mm -hmm. with four songs each service yeah and yet in that service in all four of those you probably only do like 10 percent of the christmas songs you want to do yeah and you know like (laughs) there's some that are just like hard Mm -hmm. and you don't have the time to practice them 
or like if you're me, you tend to do a lot of mashups and yeah. you have trouble kind of like uh, or, getting those all in in your four week time span or the current like hot like on the radio uh, worship leader does his <laughs> own version of a Christmas song and adds like a random bridge or chorus somewhere. Right. And everybody wants to do that version of it. And so you got to <laughs> reprint out the papers and you're like, I just wanted to do my regular version of it. It'll be like uh Kristen Stanfield's uh, O Como Come Emmanuel. And then it'll yeah. be like, It'd be like, Emmanuel, yeah, you right. are the king. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what is this in the song? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody on a Facebook group that I'm in said, what if secular bands did that to secular Christmas songs? Like if somebody redid Rudolph, but added a chorus that was like, <laughs> it shines, his nose, it shines. <laughs> I would love it. I would say that would be awesome. I would say would now you get to see what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, you know, uh, it's, it's funny because as much as I rail on that, um, hymns are very like uniform and it feels like they need, need to have something added to them. So it's fine. I like to hear that at least they're appreciated enough to be made new and fresh. Oh yeah. Uh, one, that's one of the great things about it is that you actually do get, uh, to re, uh, you, you revitalize a lot of these older hymns. Yeah. Some of the ones that are like on the borderline being forgotten and you see them coming back in a variety of different ways. Speaking of, of ones, speaking like of Christmas songs, Zach, are we going to talk about Christmas songs tonight? I don't know. You guys want to? I don't know, Bob. What do you <laughs> we haven't decided what we're talking about yet, oh, clearly. Well, so, well, I mean, that sounds good to me. We're coming up with, a, with an idea on the fly, right? Yeah. No, <laughs> no. We um we decided that um we would do another song speak, which I still don't really know why you phrase it that way, but that sounds cool. So we're just because the songs they speak to us. Song speak. Oh wait, hang on. This song is speaking to me. Ah. So it's uh, usually a thing where we all pick one of our favorite of mm-hmm. blank and bring it and talk about it. And so in this case, because it is Christmas season, we are going to bring our number one. I guess it, I, I'm still teetering on what like, is truly my favorite, but this is Same. my current favorite yeah. uh, Christmas song. And so all three of us did that. Um, and so I think instead of doing worship block when we would do it. We should do it and then talk about it. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. The only one we can't do, unfortunately, is Bob's pick. And I'm sorry that yep. we can't do three yep. songs. It would be great if uh, Reliant K we'll just buy, gave us permission. Yeah, I was going to say we could just buy mechanical license and just, you know, pay royalties for one song. Oh, my goodness. In our entire <laughs> 101 episodes of the podcast. Then suddenly, suddenly <laughs> that's this is the episode that blows up and it gets like 800,000 downloads and we have to right. pay all this money. I don't think Reliant K would come after us, but I don't know, maybe no, right. Tooth and Nail or whatever. So, are they so, on Tooth and Nail? I, yeah, I think yeah. they're. Yeah, I think they're on Tooth and Nail. Or were at the time of this, but anyway, yeah, so, sure um, they would. So why don't we? Um, why don't we? It'll be a little impromptu, but why don't we? Uh, uh, I don't know whose turn it is to pray. Let's pray it up, and I will play music. So one of you two want to pray? I got it. Okay, cool, sweet. Here we go. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much once again for being able to come together, worship you, um, and to sing songs and give you praise. Uh, We want to give you all the special glory um, in this season where we celebrate uh, the birth of your son. We celebrate that you came into the world and um, that Christ dwells with us. Um, That's what this is all about. I pray that that message would just go out and give a message of hope to everybody who's listening in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Bob, for the adjustment. Very awesome. All right. Yeah. First I was like, Oh no, it's too loud. <laughs> um, so I think, uh, as far as I understand it, Zach, we are starting with you. 
Yeah, I'll go first. So um, I guess we will play the song first and then we'll talk about it. But this is um, Hark How All the Welkin Ring. <laughs> Just kidding. It's Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Get into that in a little bit. But uh, it's by Charles Wesley. Um, picked it mainly for the lyrics, which are pretty cool. And this is kind, of an, kind of an upbeat, bluegrassy-ish version. So I think y'all like it. All right. You got Colin back on uh, Guitar Channel. Yeah, buddy. Cool. Yeah, I gave him the wink. You guys don't know what happens I missed uh, behind it. the scenes. <laughs> Heaven of 
awesome. Super well done. Fun. Well done, fellas. Sweet. Thanks. Yeah. Sometimes the leads write themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Especially uh, in a nice, easy guitar key, which, of course, you capoed up. So it sounded cool. Uh, just for one brief moment, I saw a D and I wanted to play a, a true D uh, while I was capo. And I was like, nope. And I, like, curved it back down. Uh, nice. For anybody who's a worship leader listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. You got the uh, original chords. You got it capoed. But uh, you're trying to like transpose you're in, your head. in your head. That can be difficult. Unless it's like G to A or like A to G or something like that. Um. So, so one of the things about hymns before we even get going on the Christmas songs is that hymns in general, we should do an episode on how uh, maybe we should do a whole workshop or like a clinic yeah. on how to, to refresh and freshen up or like do a new take on an old hymn or something. Yeah. Reviving hymns I think is really important. Mm. And um, just, there's so many uh, great theological messages and like really awesome poetic words. And oh, yeah. I know some of them can have more outdated ish language, but I think at this point, at least most people still kind of under, you might have to define a word like Ebenezer every mm-hmm. now yep. and then, yep. but I think they translate well. And I just, yeah, I wouldn't want to lose a lot of those. They're and just, who they're too good. And who in their right mind would ever just take O apostrophe E R and put a V in there. Leave the apostrophe. Or, well, yeah, it's supposed to be one syllable. So you ruleth o'er the earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So, cool. so uh, hark the herald. Yeah, Zach, tell, tell me about this uh, this alternative title you were talking about at the start. So, um, it's by Charles Wesley, and when he was, I think, like thirty two years old, he wrote this hymn, and he would like he would like write hymns while he was on horseback, going from church to church preaching, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, at 32, he wrote a song called Hark How All the Welkin Ring. Ooh. It was like back in the 1700s. So it was an old, mm-hmm. older English word. I think it was an old word even then. Um, but a welkin is just uh, a word for like the vault of the sky. Like, um, I don't know, certain gotcha. uh, certain psalms will use that language. Like the vault of the sky, give declare praise to the Lord. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, so... It's supposed to be like how all the heavens ring with like praises for God for the birth of his son. Mm-hmm. Um, but a guy named George Whitfield, who's a really famous uh, pastor. Oh, he is hugely famous. Huge evangelist. Yeah. Has all these famous sermons. He, he, he came He was right around the same time as him, wasn't he? Yeah. He was almost kind of like a, he was like a buddy to Wesley, but had like a little bit different theology. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they, he took that hymn and put it in like his own hymnal and changed it for a bit more like updated audience for the day. And it became <laughs> Hark the Herald Angels Sing. So, yeah. <laughs> That's and fun. Now today, I guess that one might be slightly outdated depending on who you're talking to. But um, it, Yeah, we well, don't really use the word hark anymore. Yeah. But I think people might know what hark means. Yeah. Know. It or, just means or, or, like or we don't really use herald in that way anymore outside of like the, the Lord's what prayer. Is, what is a herald? Yeah. It doesn't hark just mean like, wow. or something. Yeah, but basically <laughs> hark who goes there? Hark. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's not about an angel named Harold. <laughs> <laughs> I already gave you my theory. Yeah. on the <laughs> version of that. That's right. <laughs> cool. 
Awesome. You want to like ask the questions and we'll do like a response thing. And then oh, we'll yeah. 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 Okay, so, sure. so, so you already mentioned like who wrote this, but so, so you chose this song above, above all other Christmas songs. Why, why yeah. did you choose this one? I was between this one and one other one. Okay. But I feel like I chose this one because just I for my curiosity, lyrics. what's the other one? Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Ah, uh, okay. That one's my favorite to like play and sing, I think. Yeah. But this one, I picked it because it had a bit more lyrical stuff that I wanted to talk about. Mm. Um, and I do really enjoy the lyrics of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. So, and that's why it's special to me, um, because it's about the incarnation and it shows a bit of like theology about like who Jesus is when he comes to earth and Mm -hmm. who this Christ child is. Like he's born to reign. He's born to raise the sons of earth. Like Mm -hmm. it talks all about his mission, which I think is really cool. And it kind of is all about just like giving him glory and worshiping Christ. Awesome. What, 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 are there any verses specific to this song that seems to uh, uh, relate to this one? Yeah. You know, you're talking about like Bible verses. So uh, this song kind of has this movement, right? Where it goes from like, it talks about who Jesus is and, and where he's from. And then it talks about like the mysteries of the incarnation kind of gets into that, into the second and third verse. Mm-hmm. And so there's a bunch of these, like uh, kind of wrote a few down. But uh, Job 38.7 mentions okay. how when God created the world, uh, all these angels were singing and you know, like heaven like had this like chorus going on. And so that's kind of a cool callback. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also Luke 2, 8 through 14, um, where the host of angels come down. So that's where you kind of get like um, all the heavenly hosts that it talks about in the song, the angels singing. Um there are all these angels that come and they visit these shepherds in the field. And that's partly like what inspired this song. But I, I really like this verse in Hebrews 10 because it's kind of talks about, uh, the incarnation and what it means. Cause the song says, mm-hmm. uh, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. So in a way it's saying like who God is, is like wrapped in this flesh and through this flesh, you can see, uh, who God is because no one's ever seen God. Like it talks about that in a couple different places in scripture. Um, but Hebrews 10, 19 through 20, it says, therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us and through the veil that is his flesh. And Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like got this double meaning because, a veil can be something that blocks you from seeing stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you guys think of when you think of a veil? Well, the most common usage these days seems to be more of like a wedding scenario. wedding veil. Yeah, yeah, the wedding veil. And then, like, the veil opens to reveal. So, like, you'll pull it up and you'll see the bride's face. Mm-hmm. Um, or like the temple in uh, the New Testament that was there when Jesus was being crucified had this veil. And actually, when Jesus was crucified, it says the veil was torn open. Right. Um, But in this case, the veil is the flesh that's like wrapped around God as he's walking on earth. But it's through that veil that we see Jesus. And so kind of taking that with Hebrews 10, you've got this like paradox. Right. What do you guys think about that? Because it's like Christ is veiled in flesh. But because of that, we are able to see who God is. 
that's a really neat concept. I've never, I've never had thought about the lyrics in that kind of way. That that's really, really cool. I think a lot of different times in the scriptures too. Uh, well, in the gospel, uh, Jesus makes it clear that like they're not going to get everything, and so yeah. I always think it's funny that Jesus kind of. How can I even describe that? It'll sound blasphemous unless I say it right. Basically, <laughs> basically that Jesus, even even though he was coming to reveal the love of God through his sacrifice, mm-hmm. he also had to dumb down a lot of stuff just yeah. to be able for them to even like get it. Well, he like he used parables. He, he yeah. used parables, but sometimes they'd be like, "Oh, what's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with that?" And he's like, "If I tried to tell you." Like I th- I'm trying to remember what what part of the gospel it is, but there's a part where he's like, if I tried to tell you everything, you wouldn't even you would understand it less mm-hmm. than I would, and so I don't understand why you want to know so much. Don't even worry about it. And and but there's other times where he gives like parables, like you said. So this is th- when I think of the veil, I think it's like as approachable as he could be to mm-hmm. the human race, and it's like. That's the problem, right? Because we're we have a fallen nature, so we can't approach God. Mm. Like you remember, there's that song mm-hmm. that we put in the song "Words Aren't Everything," um, that says like clouds of darkness oh, yeah. around the uh-huh. throne of God, so that He's like obscured, so that you can't see God. Like it talks about like um, in Exodus when God comes down, Moses is like, "Let me see your glory," and he's like, "You're gonna have to like turn around until I pass by, and then you can look and see my backside." As I go past, otherwise you would die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna make assumptions based on what's not written in the Bible. But I wonder how much the heavenly bodies part of the human experience will play a role in us being able to even like look upon Him. Ah, so you're, you're interesting. You're going to like Revelation. Well, not right? just not just yeah. that, but uh, but I'm also saying like. You just you had just said we can't even like view God physically. Yeah. Things would go wrong, or you know, yeah, you uh, die. <laughs> right. Even 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 in a very small glimpse, when uh, people view like the majesty, like the transfiguration and things like that, mm-hmm. they get like a small peek behind the veil. Yeah, uh, they're like so freaked out or scared, they like don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah, and, but I do think that if if we are going to look upon uh, God, look upon Jesus on the throne, uh, we we would at least have to have some supernatural eyes to do so. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be able to experience that. That's really cool that you say that. Because, like, there's that whole scripture about the new city. And so yeah. that would be, like, right. and you and I had this whole conversation about Revelation. Well, yeah, I mean, we can talk about that but, all night. But, mm-hmm. but the main thing is that um, when we're in the new creation, like, after God has come back, after Jesus is reigning on Earth, we're with him, and it says that, like, there's no sun or moon because the glory of Christ just like shines. There's no need for the sun. Boom. And we're able. So obviously that by that point, we'd be able to see God like kind of in his whole form. Mm-hmm. And so that's really, really, really deep and kind of cool. So, well, um, so Hark the Herald talks about Revelation. <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> so, oh, this is. Yeah. So, uh, so getting back, um, as you're looking at these lyrics here, is there any good poet, uh, poetic devices or something that's like really cool musical things associated with this song that you really like? Yeah. So, this is like the main thing lyrically. Okay. Why I picked it. Verses two and three have all these paradoxes because if you think about the fact that just at the very basic level, 
we know that Jesus was fully God and mm-hmm. fully man. And we call that a mystery. Right. Some right. theologians would call it um, this really fancy term called the hypostatic union. Ah, okay. okay. <laughs> but it just basically means that it's, it's two natures like fully God and fully human combined into one person. Yep. So he's not two people, but he, yet he is 100% God and 100% man. Right. And right. It's hard to understand how that actually works. Like it's completely mysterious. It's something we take on faith, mm-hmm. not blind faith. Like we talked about before, because God has like talked all about it and has shown us like who he is. Um, but we take it in faith and that we don't completely understand how it all works. The reason I've even mentioned the revelation aspect is because in verse three, it actually talks about people having the second birth. Yeah. Second birth It says born to raise the sons of earth born to give them second birth. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that could be a reference to um, the second, the second coming, but it could also be a reference to being born again because it's second first, the first resurrection, the second birth. Yeah. Technically. Wait. Yeah, that's right. Well, if you think about John, where Jesus says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. That's true. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. so it could just, it could be again. the, re- yeah. yeah, the born again Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But we believe both kind of happen though. But I like your idea about the, yeah. the kind of like, um, what'd you say that they sort of contradict in their like, ways? Yeah. I guess I would call them a paradox. I get Bob, you're more the AI computer person. <laughs> Is that, would you call this a paradox? Veiled uh, in flesh, the Godhead see. So it's like hail the incarnate deity. Yeah. So he's veiled in flesh and yet he's the a Godhead. Godhead see. So veiled is like you can't see, but through that you see him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it on the surface, it sounds like a paradox, but sometimes there's more there that meets the eye. Yeah. Late no, in, no, no pun intended. Yeah. Late in time, behold him come offspring of a virgin's womb. So there's kind of a paradox there. She was a virgin, yet he was born. Right. Her womb. Which it's which, pronounced womb so that it rhymes. Womb. With, <laughs> so it rhymes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Late I mean, time, I mean, behold him come. come offspring, offspring of, of the virgin's, virgin's womb. <laughs> <laughs> That's much better. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, some people might argue the, the paradox there, but the paradox isn't necessarily with the lyrics and the way that it's put together as much as it is. That is literally the prophecy that was given uh-huh. and, and fulfilled uh, in, in its most literal yeah. form. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a paradox in a bad way. Like, it, oh, oh, like no. it contradicts our belief, but it's like um, it's things that are almost put together poetically in order to show the mysteriousness of the um, of the incarnation. You know, like gotcha. I believe in all these things and, and and they're mysterious to us. Hail the incarnate deity. And then there's a few other ones. Uh, Mild. He lays his glory by. So. He's mild or gentle, but yet he has all this glory and he's able to set it aside Mm -hmm. and then born that man no more may die. So he's born so that we don't die. Right. Right. So it's just the way that um, Wesley put together all those phrases Mm -hmm. to kind of show all these different mysteries. So despite being focused more on the birth, he also brings up the, the, the point of the birth was to, was, uh, was to show us as well as to, uh, to end up being in the end, the sacrifice itself. Yeah. Yeah. So he, you know, I love it cause he explores the, um, the biblical view of who God is in mm-hmm. Jesus. 
Nice. You know, and he goes deep and kind of like talking about those mysteries. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, it really is mysterious. Like, think about yeah. that. Now, would you do you would you say that there is a single line here that would be like your favorite of all of these? Yeah, definitely. Um, born to give us second birth, you know, like we were, so we were talking about. Yeah. Just a second ago, um, that whole thing where Jesus says you, you got to be born again. And Nicodemus in, in John, I think, four, no, three, because that's where oh, yeah. God so loved the world. Yep. Nicodemus yep. is like, how can I be born again? How is that? <laughs> You know, and yet again, it's another one of those like mysterious kind of things. And you get it through the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. you know. One time a person said mysterious is his love for me. Yeah. And I listened and I was like, who wrote that? (laughs) That was a song that was written by a very youngster person. (laughs) But yeah, um, love it. I'm a big fan of Hark the Herald as well. I especially like the upbeat kind of happy version. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed the the, the arrangement that you presented. The musical arrangement was really cool. Keep it kind of dynamic and keep it flowing. If I remember correctly, now that I'm really remembering, like it's jogging my memory on your uh, season. What's it called? Seasonology. Seasonology. Which album. is on Spotify. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. I do. A, I think I do a weird thing where I go. Anyway. Um, so it's a lot of fun to play. We, we, yeah. are, we are glad to get a chance to play it. All right, Bob. Let's am do I, this. Am I, you're uh, up. Unfortunately, gotcha. again, we can't play his. Um, oh. Wait, wait. If you want to pause right now, you can check out. That would be my, my pick uh, is Reliant K's I Celebrate the Day. Awesome. This is going to be your chance to be interactive. Although, with although I, I, I would argue that I would actually encourage you to listen to the track prior to that before going in, uh, where there is actually a, a, a medley they have of Away in the Manger and um, oh, which one is it? Um, a silent night, silent night and away to manger. Oh, okay. And then that one. Actually- so you found a way to get three songs in. <laughs> Bob, no, 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 no. All the listeners we're, are dropping off. None of them are listening. <laughs> no, no, work. We're, 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 no, we're going to be doing a celebrate the day, but I mentioned that just because I'll, I'll get into a bit, a bit later on why What's the album uh, that is from the, um, that is from their 2003 deck, the halls of bruise your hand. Okay. By Reliant K, which is, uh, and, you get that check it out. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, it, if, if you look it up on YouTube, um, it actually has the Let It Snow Baby, Let It Reindeer. The wrong like, uh, cover. Um, yeah. Cover art for it, So which is a, another one of their Christmas albums. But yeah. um, I saw a meme recently that I thought was really funny, and it's like a guy jumping off of a train into a person's fist. And the person <laughs> jumping off of the train, it has a subtitle that says, Halls, and uh, the guy... Uh, <laughs> the guy that's punching him subtitle says bows of Holly and he's like punching. Him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you could probably funny. do that with a lot of, uh, Oh Christmas yeah. Songs. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I celebrate the day was written by Matthew Arnold, uh, Thiessen. Uh, he is the lead singer, um, uh, the primary guitarist, pianist, and the main songwriter for Reliant K. And he's really good friends with five iron frenzy. Oh, is he? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so so uh, the, the, <laughs> they this, have a hidden track on one of their albums that's just a Wesley Willis pastiche that's all about Five Iron Frenzy. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. So, but this this one, unlike uh, your all's picks, is obviously uh, written uh, part of the 2003 album, so much newer um, than than, uh, than than the uh, 1700 hymns. Uh, but I love this one. Mainly for its uh, uh, musically, I find it to be beautiful, but lyrically, 
it is so well done yeah. and speaks in a very different way. Kind of starts out with a soft piano kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Reliant Kings usually known for more of their punk rock feel. Yeah. Uh, but this one is definitely. It, it, I mean, th- there's definitely a little bit of the rock that comes into the middle of that, but it's definitely more on the softer side of things. When we pulled it up earlier, my first thought was, "Man, I missed the 2000s." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but a good time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this song, th- this song specifically has a different message from just about any other song that I that I know, and so which is why I kind of love it. Um, the, the the lyrics uh, it, it really explore this idea of um, that it, it's there's a level of admiration for for the Christ child and Christmas and what it means, but there's also this sense of kind of regret, uh, kind of. Um, um, uh, reflecting on kind of the stagnation and he's not where he wants to be uh, in his relationship with Christ, but he's working towards it and trying to figure, work his way through that and sees Christmas as an opportunity to possibly look towards that and, and, and make that a little bit better. And so, it, it, which, which, which is a very different feel from most other Christmas songs. So, so would you say that's what you uh, think makes it special to you? Oh, yes, very much so, very much so. Because we already know who wrote it. We, we kind of have answered the first two questions, but I'll just, I'll rapid fire the rest. Sure, sure. So, um, what is the gist of the song? What is it about? You touched the surface, let's get into yeah. it. Well, it, it, so, so it starts out, um, well, first of all, uh, it, it yeah, yeah, it really does actually start with with this idea of of recognizing who the Christ child is and what he's done for his life, but recognizing that there's a relationship there, and he uses the lyrics, we're less than half as close as I want to be, and which is a really neat poetic way of putting this, is, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, we're less than half as close as I want to be. I, I'm not even halfway there, you know, it, there's so much more to go, but but I'm working through it. Um, and so it's a good uh, like allegory for just like pursuing Christ. Yes. You know, I think that's really cool. Yes. And, 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 and uh, Reliant K uh, specifically, primarily Matthew here, his lyrics often do this. I, I love one of the things that make Reliant K so special is their their way the the wordsmithing that 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 he does as he writes their songs is the lyrics are very different from most other bands mm-hmm. I've ever come across. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's kind of, um, I don't know if I would call it like cheeky, but maybe just more like it's got some like spunk to it. You know, like they kind of carry with them like mm-hmm. this sort of almost punky, like indie sort of attitude mm-hmm. with their yeah. lyrics. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's all like very pointed towards giving God glory. Um, so it's really it's kind of a cool thing. Yes. Um. So you would say that that kind of goes into some of the poetic devices, uh, the the way that they write their and arrange their lyrics a little bit more differently than your atypical band. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. And uh, and one of the other neat things about poetically about this song was, um, is the very first word of this entire song, is the word and, it, uh, and is a continuation, and yet it's the very first yeah. thing we hear. And there's only one other song I could ever think of that I, that has done this lyrically, and that was Rich Mullins with his song "The Color Green," uh, from mm, way back in the yeah. '90s, early '90s. Um, and so, but this idea that the song starts and you're coming into a conversation that's already been happening, it's already been going mm. on, and you're just kind of getting filled in in some regards. And I, I think, I think uh, lyrically, I, I, I find that to be really, really cool in a lot of ways. Or and can it be? 
that I should gain an interest oh, in the Savior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He means yeah. famous ones. But yeah. <laughs> oh, famous ones. Well, that one's pretty famous where I'm from, mister. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Powers classic. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so but, scripture, scripture. Um, there's not really that much in the way of scripture specifically. Oh, um, uh, but I, oh, you heard it here. <laughs> the song is not scriptural. If I was Simon Cowell, you would have an X in front of my yeah. chair. And I'm, just, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. No, no uh, I, I but, think you but, can infer a lot from. The oh song. no, no, it's, it's definitely there's there's a lot of biblical references, but nothing mm-hmm. actually truly scriptural. You, there's definitely some theming here. Uh, you could all, you could argue that um, in many ways the uh, uh, the 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 the, the, the uh, course here kind of reflects a similar to a Mary did you know type of theming. That's uh, true. It where is where he says, where, uh, you know. um, yeah. and the first time that you opened your eyes, did you realize you would be my savior in the first breath that left your lips? Did you know that it would change this world forever? So it's kind of reflection, but I find it to be more of an admiration. Yes, he's kind of asking those questions, but it's more of an admirational kind of perspective, a rhetorical question in a lot of ways. Um, and, and, Interesting. And so, so which which is really, really kind of kind of neat in a lot of ways. Um, but he, he kind of ends... He ends the song here with this: the fact that it, I and I, I celebrate the day that you were born to die, so that I could one day pray for you to save my life. And so, this idea that the recognizing that it's not just about the birth, but yeah. it's kind of about the purpose of of coming and showing us the way, and then the sacrifice that had to come as a result of that, so that we could then have eternity. It's not just about the birth, but about what the birth would lead to. Yeah, what, 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 they're linked together. Yes. You know, yes. like I think that there are, um, you know, there are t- sometimes where uh, like people will emphasize like just the cross, you know, mm-hmm. but I think you got to recognize that um, the cross wouldn't have happened without the birth. You know, the incarnation is so important. Absolutely. The incarnation includes the fact that Jesus came with a mission to die. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one one of the. Uh, scriptures that you could talk about, um, especially in this term of like, you were born to be my savior, mm-hmm. um, is uh, Philippians 2 6 through 11, where it kind of goes through the whole like, um, it kind of goes through the whole story, like Jesus being, you know, equal with God, uh, didn't consider mm-hmm. equality with God something to be grasped, but came and uh, came in the likeness it's of a, a servant, yep, you know. Yep. And he was obedient even to to death death on the cross. cross. It's like Jesus had this, um, had this knowledge of his mission, you know, that's a really neat thought. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I I think, I think that verse really does fit this, fit the song quite well. That's really neat. Yeah. Um, so I have just like a last little like tail end question. Sure. Do you feel like his, the way that he is describing Jesus, um, can you like, Basically, how can I say this? Zach's song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, mm-hmm. the song I'm going to I'm gonna present, and your song all kind of present the, like, implication of what it means when Jesus mm-hmm. shows up. Mm-hmm. Do you resonate with this song in particular's meaning behind that? Not necessarily that part of it. What resonates with me okay. is, is the perspective here of, uh, of, of where it's starting from and the perspective that it gives. Um, a lot of a lot of songs, rightfully, I would say, rightfully, um, put all the attention on "Look at you, look how glorious you are," um, and and the the gift that you are, and and everything along with that. Um, 
However, this song takes a different approach, which is why I think it stands out to me so much in the fact that it's kind of it. It's a bit more personal in a lot of ways, um, which is what yeah. which is why I think I relate to it a little bit more. Yeah. And, 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 and it's I, also a continuation. Not the start of a story, but a continuation yeah. of a story. Yeah, and, and so and I, I think what what makes this song stand out to me is I, I guess I, in some ways I've always felt like I kind of relate to uh, to these to the first few lines here, um, uh, if because uh, because here is where you're finding me in the exact same place as New Year's Eve. This idea of you know I, I it, it says and and from my lack of persistency. Or less as half as close as, as I want to be. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so the, the rhyming schema is beautiful there, but but the idea here is that you know at the end of last year I'm looking back and I feel like I'm kind of in that same place all over again. I I haven't moved where I want to go to. I, I I'm not where I want to be. I'm not grown how I want to grow. And there's this this urge um, as, as and and a, I, you can even argue a sense of regret along with that yeah. and recognizing that Christmas time allows you to reflect on this. And try to make that right, and I think that's it's a bit more personal and less it's it's less God focused in a lot of ways um, because it is that focused more on my relationship with Him, and yeah. but because it is still focused on the relationship and what His purpose was, there's still that I'm trying to put the focus where it needs yeah. to be. It's like a confession. Gotcha. Kind of yes, thing. I think yeah. that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. It's it's more of a confession, awesome. and, and and it's a confession that in many ways I I kind of. Um, in some regards, uh, relate to in a lot of ways. Very cool. But it leaves hope open for going further down the road. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Bob. Um, I guess you want to go ahead and do a little more worship? Yeah. That sounds good to me. Wink. Hey, Zach. <laughs> Did you catch that? I was winking. <laughs> Sorry, earlier he was like, I didn't catch that. Uh, I'm being stupid. I'm tired. Okay. All right. Oh, you holy only wink night. at Bob. You never, you never send a wink this direction. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wink it. Ah, thanks for that. So, <laughs> wink. Uh, not that I encourage everybody to watch, watch, watch Family Guy, but I love the thing where uh, he crashes his old car into the <laughs> lake and the mob gets him a new car. And she says, Peter, why did you get that car? And he goes, I'll just say the car was a steal. And he winks. And she goes, say that again more slowly. And he goes, the car was a steal. And he winks again. She goes, this time without winking. And he goes, the car was a steal. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, Oh, Holy Night is my pick. Um, it's also in France called Minuet. Chaton, I'm pretty Chretins. Chretins. Um so I'm not as I'm not exactly a, a scholar of French. Uh at some at some point maybe I will uh attempt to do this in its French origin language. That would be really fun. But for now let's uh let's worship. Okay. Sin and 
beautiful guys so i think there are slightly different arrangements of this different hymn arrangements slightly different words but this is uh definitely one that has been done so many different times that um there's my favorite is that guy from the church that has that tape (laughs) that went viral like before viral was a thing Oh yes, yeah. yes. It, it, was about it 10 has years written ago. in like uh, Microsoft Paint. <laughs> oh holy night? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like a W two at T W T. And it was like I think the whole thing is like a hoax. No, no, no. It, 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 like, it wasn't a hoax. It was he did it for real, and he he but, really but, did sing it. But then later he said, "Oh yeah, that was me, and I do that all the time." And yeah, no, no, yeah. He, he was intentionally not, messing. He was intentionally messing. Not a bad singer, but right. Like they, it was funny because it was passed around online as if like. Somebody just found this tape in their church or yeah, something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, All right. So <laughs> hilarious. Ask, so ask me the questions. I got a lot of feedback. Ask me questions. Sure. So, Colin, 
First of all, who wrote this particular one? Okay, so many people may not know this, but this is originally a French poem. Wee oui, wee. Oui. So yeah, um, bathrooms down the hall. I'm gonna go take a wicked yes. <laughs> That's another joke from Family Guy. So um, it was called Minuet, uh, and I'm gonna pronounce this wrong, but it's Shretons, maybe. But uh, <laughs> it's C H R E with a tilde T I E N. Perhaps it's <laughs> I took I took one semester of French in college, and I will say this: a lot of their words that end with an S or an N go like real soft, where you almost don't pronounce the last two letters. But I could be wrong about this. There are exceptions. But um, the the music was composed by a guy named uh, Adolphe Adam, who is fairly famous. He was. Um, I use the word prolific because wow. where I got it from. I'm impressed. I, I don't, I'm not sure I <laughs> grasp the full meaning of it, but it was on Wikipedia. So, um, so I would say that he was relatively successful and famous. Uh-huh. If that's what prolific means. Um, but he was well known as a ballet and opera composer. Oh. So he was kind of a big deal. Um, now, in, in order for me to tell you more about him, I want to tell you more about the guy who wrote the poem. Uh, Placide Capu, maybe is how you say his name. Um, P L A C I D E Placide. <laughs> so, um, okay, he wrote this poem, and it's funny. There's like a little story about how he was riding in a wagon when he wrote yeah. it on his way to Paris. But um, the truth the the truth is, he probably just wrote it regular, like it's anything <laughs> else. But they always have to have like a fun story. I know but, I've never written anything on a wagon. So. Right. No, I mean me either. <laughs> so one of the one of the things about the the story of this this uh, hymn is that in the uh, town that a lot of the like the town was very important to the writing of the story. It was this town called uh, Roquemar. Roque, maybe it's Roquemar. Maybe so. Um, it was a town where uh, in in that church that was prominent in the town, they were renovating and like fixing up their like huge organ that had been there for years. And they wanted to commemorate the event. So they asked this guy, Placide Capu, however you want to say it, or it might be just Placide, uh, but uh, to write this poem because he was not super duper famous, but he was a famous person from that town mm-hmm. who was a successful like, author he was sure. a lawyer a wine seller he was like a man about town it was our town's most famous poet and wine seller every town's got one <laughs> and, of and, and he's a, and he's a licensed lawyer he was a, pr- a licensed oh, wow. law was practice. he like also a notary because that would have been like really cool i think he <laughs> I, I think most lawyers can be notaries but um here's what i'll say he he, he was an american journalist and uh oh, i'm sorry not, not are you talking him. about the guy who translated not, not, we'll get to him in a minute. I, I, I misread. So I will say those two guys worked in tandem because the poet wrote the poem and they read it in yeah. church in French. Oh, cool. Then Adolphe Adam made it into a song. He composed it for the French opera. <laughs> and, and he, and Adolphe Adam, after reading the poem, had made all these like kind of grandiose comments about it being amazing. And he was saying that it was... Majestic. Magnifique. Yeah, he's like... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Majestic. So he said that it was, in his opinion, the La Marseillaise 
religious. Well, I can't say these things right. But basically, as terrible as my pronunciations are, um, it, he had quoted that it was basically the because na- that is the name of the national anthem of France. Oh. He was saying that it was the religious national anthem of France. Interesting. So he was giving hmm. like a big boost of saying like this wow. is the if 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 the national anthem had, had was coming from a religious standpoint that's what it would be. Yeah. It's like the shine Jesus shine of France. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a song that's like that for America. I guess it would be uh How Great Is Our God. Oh man, maybe. Yeah. Um so in modern times that is. So these, so so Adolphe wrote it like a year later, the music for it, and they started doing it in church as a hymn. Mm-hmm. But then it was this other guy, John Sullivan Dwight, who was an American, and at the time, in like the early to mid eighteen hundreds, when all of this stuff was getting written, mm-hmm. he had he was a journalist slash teacher, a music journalism guy, who put together what is known as the uh, Dwight's journal of music, which apparently is super duper famous and is what eventually derived a lot of him like hymnals and stuff. So these three guys kind of work to make it what it is today. It's it's a very, very long answer for this. Who wrote it? (laughs) Who wrote it? But I want to talk for a minute about several people, uh, the lyrics. Uh, So, okay, well, we'll get there. What's the next thing about it? Real quick. If you just uh, do this about what year was it written in? Oh my gosh! So it depends on what you define as. Okay, the the, the original writing. Let's just, let's just go with the, the original. poem. Yeah, the poem. So the poem was written in. Uh, excuse me. I want to say 1846 because gotcha. okay. Adolphe Adam wrote the song in 1847. I think a year later. Okay. Uh, let me. Uh, but 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 we're, we're talking 1800s nonetheless. We, we are talking about the 1800s. Yeah, mid 1800s. Oh, cool. so okay. I might have I might have misspoke. It says that in the Rokemar place, uh, at the end of 1843, the church had the organ renovated, um, and he, they asked him to do it. But maybe, uh, yeah, maybe it was a little bit earlier. So, it, so. somewhere in between 1843 and 1847, both the poem yeah. and the hymn were written. Yeah, gotcha. And an organ. Back was renovated that, back during that time would have been a big deal. That would have been have a huge organ, undertaking. Be, it would have been the hugest instrument in the entire like take region. up the whole wall. Yeah, those things are huge. I would. I almost <laughs> would, uh, maybe after this episode, I'll look up a picture and maybe post it on Facebook of like the organ, what it looks like today. Oh, yeah. Cause oh cool. Because uh, from what I can remember, it's still there. The one they renovated. There's a lot of old stuff like that all around Europe. So, all right, Bob. Next question on the list there. Yeah. So next up, um, why is this song specific, specifically special to you? So everybody knows that I focus very, very wholeheartedly on the musical aspect, the composition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I very, very much like the lyrics as well, but the music is really what encapsulates me and the, especially the way that the, the, the melody line hangs and focuses on mm-hmm. certain aspects of what they're saying. Now, what's mm-hmm. interesting is I railed when I started reading through what the literal translation is of this, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but uh, but that didn't deter me from picking it before I even knew what the literal French translation was, so it's still going to be... But <laughs> I would almost argue that the original French translated lyrics might even speak closer to the subject matter, so hmm. it's, it's, almost, it's almost like even more of a... 
focus slam dunk on a subject matter when you look at what the translated French is. Hmm. The the real reason he did it, okay. the real reason the Dwight guy did it, uh, John Sullivan Dwight, uh, which we'll talk about, is the is to keep in the meter and like the feeling and emphasis on the melody line. Yeah. I, I know that now. Like I didn't even have to look that up. I'm like, oh, that's why he did it. Like you can tell. But anyway, so, um, but yeah, so I like it especially for its dynamics of. My 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 particular favorite thing about the musicality is how it dynamically goes from these like beautiful sweeping like positive like major key to mm-hmm. these like really like kind of uh, long hanging like dark yeah. minor keys. I love that too. It's really fun to play, and, and if you don't like pay attention to what you're doing, you can get confused and <laughs> throw it wrong. <laughs> in there. Well, like like when we were practicing. Well, but, right. So yeah. like. Uh, <laughs> Every every one of the minor parts where, you know, like fall on your knees or he knows our need or Christ is the uh-huh. Lord. It's always like the epithesis or whatever. You want to, what's a good word for that? It is the like sum up. It is like the 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 final word on that particular yeah. like thing goes very like hard on like how God is great or mm-hmm. are like surrendering. So it's like a very like. If this is the time to say the thing you really want to say, say it here because it's got uh-huh. such that dark uh, minor yeah. emphasis, and that Interesting. is and that is what for me musically makes it so unique. Yeah. There's no other uh, hymn like it, not just Christian hymn, but just like no other hymn that really does it. Like I really this. like the part that goes into the like in our key, it was B minor where it goes like till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Just yeah. pop in that minor yeah. and pop back to major again. Yeah. It's very interesting, too, because if you really play it like it's intended, it has those funny little, like, <laughs> it goes to the five and, like, you think it's in a new key now and then it switches back. I love that. So, yeah. All right. Keep them rattling them off there, Bobby. Sure. Um, so uh, what scripture verse would you say uh, might this one be based on? Oh, the the song itself? Yeah. So let's see. Um, I have a nice little like website that I found that kind of lines that out. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not that I don't do my own research, but I just felt like this was very complete in its entirety. So I didn't want to like. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's probably right. a lot of different scriptures, really. There is a lot. But what are some that stand out to you? Right. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. What do you guys think that means before I tell you what the scripture says it means? <laughs> I think like I think about the world kind of in darkness, like waiting mm-hmm. for a savior. And yeah. then I think about how like and the soul felt its worth is like when we finally see Christ who reveals God, it kind of tells mm-hmm. us more about like who God is and thus kind of helps us understand that he loves us. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I, I also find it interesting the word there of pining. Pining is used; it's not a word that once yeah. again one of those words that we don't really use much in today's terms. But usually, pining was often referred to in like a dating sense, where where yeah. you, like, you might be pining after another individual. So, so, so this whole idea, I guess, then that comes to my mind is 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 that you're, you're just pining, you know, doting after, just pining away. Yeah, it's, it's, it's for it's, that it's, Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, yeah. yeah. The, the the sense of longing, the sense of mm-hmm. of just admiration and waiting, and and uh, um, uh, for for the one to come. Yeah. 
So um, one of the interesting scriptures that I like is when it talks about the the pining. Mm-hmm. Um, it's referencing that we are like Zach and Bob both have said that we're waiting on a savior. Um, and it says that in Roman in Romans eight twenty two, I think it says we're the whole creation is still groaning, um, in anticipation yeah. of the glory to come. Um, they say, uh, most people don't know exactly what the inference of like soul felt its worth means, but I have a cool little inline because I have the other lyrics. So check this out. Okay. So the French literal translation here, um, it's, it's interesting. Like I said, it's going to be much different. Mm -hmm. So it, the first line of the French one is midnight Christians in the solemn hour when God as man descended unto us to erase the stain of original sin and to end the wrath of his father, the entire world thrills with hope on this night that gives it a savior. Whoa. So what that, that, that feels very, now I do. I, I, ideally that might be quite similar, but those are very different lyrics. Yeah. So part of why I think, I think part of what Dwight was doing, the John Sullivan Dwight guy, he was, he took Liberty with the feel, I think a little bit, which is why I said it's a little even it's closer. A, it's kind of a, it's not a word for word translation, but it's an approximation in some regard, yeah. I would say this is maybe the message version. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like what we've... <laughs> okay, okay. It's almost a little bit like what we've done sometimes with the Psalms. Yes. When we've made like the Psalm That's right. songs. Yeah. That's right. But um, so he said, uh, lay the, long lay the world in sin and error, sin and error pining till he appealed, appeared and the soul felt its worth. I think that what he was translating was uh, that our our souls like he Jesus came to save our souls. Okay. So like how, like, so now it feels like our soul is worth like God coming and sacrificing yeah. himself. So I think For God that, so loved the world. That's right. Right. That he sent his one and only begotten son. So all yeah. of these lyrics, I'm, I'm going to, I may take a minute just, just in between as we go through like the poetic language and stuff. And really kind of like talk to, I want to read you what the actual like literal lyrics say, because it's very interesting if we have time. Okay. Yeah. Before we get there though, I want, can you tell me a little bit more about, about uh, the main gist of the song before we get into the poetic language? Uh, okay. So again, cause I think I may have skipped that question. It's okay. No, I mean, I did yours sort of out of order cause I wanted you to be able to yeah. you know, just kind of say your stuff, but I will say this, the f- original French translated over, um, I think goes a little harder on the subject, but the gist is pretty much the same. And it is the implication of what Jesus coming means. Mm-hmm. And in the, uh, in the uh, John Sullivan Dwight one that we all sing, it talks very much about the night that Jesus is born. Yeah. But then in the second verses, it says led by the light of faith, serenely beaming with glowing hearts uh, by his cradle. We stand so led by light of a star, sweetly gleaming. Here come the wise men from Orient land, kings of kings, lay us lowly manger. So it's, it's making reference to the things to come, but it's still saying he's a baby. And then, and then in the last, the, the second and last part, you know, he knows our need to our weakness is no stranger. Behold your King before him lowly bend. So it's saying he's the King. Truly. He taught us to love one another. So now it's talking about his like ministry in the, in the third verse. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Change shall break for the slave is our brother. This is yeah. almost very, um, what do you want to call that? 
This is like abolitionist language. Well, it's just justice language. You know what do you call yeah. it? want to say? Uh, 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 it's like the prophets. Yeah, you know, like Isaiah when he says like the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. It's like Isaiah 61. It, this, this really discusses how, how yeah. his deeds will, will end oppression. And, yeah. um, yeah. and so, yeah. uh, chains will break slaves mm-hmm. will become brothers. Uh, oppression will shall cease and will be grateful and will be joyous. And, uh, it's kind of pa- similar to hark the herald angels sing with the pairings of stuff. That's right. Yeah. And so, um, his power and glory forevermore proclaim is the very, very end, which I think is a great resounding note. Yeah, now, it's a good sorry worship that, chorus there. Sorry that I'm going to have to read some of this stuff again, but you, you're going to find just how different it is. That's interesting. So um, it's just harder. I would say it's more direct and harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, midnight Christians in the solemn hour when God is God as man descended upon us to erase the stain of original sin and to end the wrath of his father, the entire world thrills with hope on this night that gives it a savior. People kneel down, await your deliverance. Christmas, Christmas, here is the redeemer. Christmas, Christmas, here is the redeemer. So verse two is, may the ardent light of our faith guide us to the cradle of the infant as in ancient times, a brilliant star guided the Oriental kings there. The king of kings was born in a humble manger. O oh, mighty ones of today, proud of your greatness. And then as we go into verse two and the end of verse two and three, it is to your pride that God preaches. Bow your heads before the Redeemer. Bow your heads before the Redeemer. The Redeemer has broken, this verse 3, the Redeemer has broken every bond. The earth is free and heaven is open. He sees a brother where there was only a slave. Love unites those whom iron had chained. Who will tell him of our gratitude? For all of us he is born. He suffers and dies. People stand up. Sing of your deliverance. Christmas, Christmas, sing of the Redeemer. Christmas, Christmas, sing of the Redeemer. Very interesting. Interesting. It is interesting. Yeah, you're right. It's got a more direct sort of thing, but it still has really good language and imagery to it. I think so. Um, and I, I feel like the 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 more recent English songification, I feel like it's pretty true to the spirit. It is. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It, yeah. It's not as hard. It's a little more uh, fluffy yeah. at times, but I don't. I, I almost would say that even the, the Dwight Sullivan one, this is the thing, though. We can only translate as best as we can. Oh, sure. You have to, yeah, he was trying to preserve the music, like you were saying. But yeah. um, but but um, I'm sure that in France or in the French language, uh, I listened to it in the original French. It is gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah. And the thing that I realized is that the reason why the John Sullivan Dwight guy writes it in the phrasing and in the meter he does is so that the emphasis stays when it's hanging. Those yeah. those long notes that yeah. hang. Because, like, for example, um, uh, uh, oh, night divine is yeah. Noel, Noel, Vuchile, Redemptier. Yeah. Noel, Noel. Is that the word for Christmas? Vuchile. Uh, Noel. Noel, Noel is Christmas. Christmas, Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Noel, I think in some regard means a little bit more than just Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm not sure we'd have to look that up, but 
Yeah, because we do have the first Noel, which is an English song that uses the, the angels word. did say. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah. so anyway, for for me, I think either version's great. I I tend to think that the I was just kind of like taken aback by the 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 interesting different details. Yeah. But interesting. Um. But because because it is like that, I actually like it all the more. It kind of makes me like more into it than maybe before. one day we should do like a version of it that's like more closer to the original i don't know i'm, I'm wondering <laughs> yeah. if we should but i don't know um i will just say this uh yeah it's great it's a uh, it's it's beautifully written in every mm-hmm. way uh so and the gist as we coming back to it now that i've read all of this is essentially that um it is going through what it means for jesus to come to earth gotcha not just the birth on the night, which is mm-hmm. what it seems to focus on the old holy night, but the implication of what that means for men who are sinners for yeah. uh, the king, the, the fact that he is a king and we should glorify him. Um, and that what, what will happen as a result of him coming will be the breaking of chains and of oppression and things like that. So I think um, it's a resounding, uh, uh, it's a thrill of hope. It's a thrill of hope. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, so there you go. That's the gist. Yeah. Now, now you mentioned that you had heard it in the French. Oh, it's beautiful. Yes. But it's have you gorgeous. have you heard it in the original Klingon? <laughs> <laughs> I have heard some Klingon opera before. <laughs> no. Um, so uh, favorite line. Yes. And then exactly. I'll call it a day. Yeah. 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 What, what, yeah what would you say is your favorite line in this? For me, it would probably be. Just of all of the different times that it does the minor key thing, I don't know mm-hmm. why, but he knows our need. That stands out to me as well. It's just always the one yeah. that I just think of. I'm like, man, that's so beautiful the way that it's phrased. I used to, I, I remember a time where I didn't know the second and third verse to this hymn. Like it was just kind of a Christmas carol where I just was used to the first verse. Oh, cool. I wonder if a lot of our listeners might not know the second and third verses as well. I'd encourage you to check out the words for those and kind of like dive into them. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. really cool. But yeah, the first time I learned this and I remember me and you doing this at Northridge, um, the harmony. We, yeah. And we did, I think with, uh, Trish Isaacs would sing. You remember that? Yeah. She would always do this song and, uh, like he knows our need. I would just always go, mm. Yeah. So good. <laughs> like, so good. He does. Um, so yep. He knows our need uh, to our weakness. I'm going to just put the extra word in there and say to our weakness, he is no stranger. And yeah. I think that's what they're implying is that um, he knows our weaknesses. He knows our needs. Uh, yeah. You can see into our heart. And that's very comforting, especially when you're thinking about a baby. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. like, one day this guy will, will live uh, a full life. Uh, die be resurrected and send to heaven and in that whole time like we don't have to worry about like our weaknesses because he knows them so anyway knows us inside and out um that's probably my favorite line and i gotta say i thought i would change my mind but it's good (laughs) change my mind (laughs) it's one of those uh funny things too because it's like the same as lord i need you yeah. Whenever I talk about mm-hmm. the uh, the the mm-hmm. needing of God in your life, oh yeah, that's when you're like, yeah, this is where my heart is right now. Really <laughs> need him. So there you go, guys. Awesome. All right. Super cool. good episode. Check us out on all the places where you get podcasts and yep. Patreon.com/slash Houseplants. 
We would oh love, yeah. We would love to hear from you. Um, we need some more ratings on Apple specifically. Okay. So if you listen on Apple, hmm. I need you to go in or iTunes, any of those hit some stars. You got to boost that up a little bit. We got so to, if you want to support us, give us a Christmas present, perhaps just give us like a little rating or something. That'd be good. Awesome. And we will talk to you guys next time. Peace on earth. <laughs> <laughs>